Welcome to another episode of the Selfishness Project, where we explore the idea of selfishness. Today, I am here with... Huda. Huda. All right, so Huda, you told me that you are in a philosophy PhD program. Yes. Which was very surprising to me because I am also in a philosophy PhD program, and I don't often meet people who are just randomly. We just randomly... Especially not randomly. Yes, (laughs) randomly. So uh, she is just entering one. I'm just exiting one. Um, Just finished my second week. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I I haven't had the philosopher's perspective yet um, as as far as interviewees yet. Of course, all philosophers have their own perspective, but uh, I'm interested to hear yours. So um, as a philosopher... Uh, when I first asked you, you said, oh, are you sure you want to hear this? Because I'm a philosopher. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell our audience a, a little about your perspective on selfishness? Okay. Well, so I think that selfishness is often construed as a negative thing, and it has this kind of negative connotation surrounding everything that has to do with caring about yourself. So if you choose to prioritize alone time over hanging out with friends, then suddenly you're selfish. Or if you choose to do anything, basically, that takes care of yourself at the expense of somebody else's feelings or anything like that, it's seen as selfish. But I don't think that selfishness has to be that. I think that selfishness can be a positive thing. We all need to be selfish. It's our instinct to survive, right? So to some extent, we're all selfish. But moreover, I don't think that being selfish and taking care of yourself, if that's how we define it, is a bad thing because it doesn't have to be at the expense of others. You know, you can take care of yourself and not hurt other people in the process to where it has this negative connotation. Okay. So I guess that part of it is key, the, the hurting of the others. If you look in a dictionary, how it defines selfishness, it often has something about hurting others. It'll say something like uh, concern with one's own interests without regard for others or at the expense of others. So it's, it's like packed into the definition of selfishness that it involves harm to others. So your, your th- perspective on selfishness is that part of the definition, maybe it shouldn't be there? or No, because, I mean, what else would we call it when somebody is taking the time to really take care of themselves? What else do we call that? I mean, you could say self-care or alone time or whatever, you know, colloquialism you want to use, but... In reality, it is being selfish in, in some respect. And I think that – I didn't know in the dictionary that that was part of the definition, actually, is that it does include harm to others. And I don't think that that should be there. Um, okay. So your understanding of selfishness is just doing something for yourself. And that in itself – To prioritize yourself. Okay. That in itself doesn't uh, make any claim about whether you're harming others. Sure. I mean, it's not to say that you can't be selfish and hurt other people in the process. Obviously, you can do that. You know, you can think of a bunch of different ways in which you could be choosing your own best interest that would directly cause harm to somebody else. But that doesn't have to be the case. And so I'm just saying that I think selfishness is a bigger scope than that. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a generic term for doing something that's good for yourself and you might do that thing that's good for yourself in a way that harms others or in a way that does not harm others. Yeah. It's just kind of silent on that issue. Yeah. I think it should yeah. be neutral. I mean, you have the capacity to do both. It doesn't – they're not mutually exclu- exclusive is what I'm getting at, I guess. Okay. Like you can help yourself and not hurt other people. You can help yourself and hurt other people. You can not help yourself 
and not hurt other people. And you cannot help yourself <laughs> and hurt other people. I mean, it, it goes all the different ways, right? So just to, to say that selfishness necessarily includes this idea that you have to harm others, I think, is incomplete. Okay. I get, there's a, you, you sounded very much like a philosopher there with the matrix, and you had yeah. all the possibilities <laughs> filled in. Um, so filling out the logical space, as the <laughs> philosopher might put it. Okay, so uh, this issue of how to define it correctly, like how do we determine what is the right definition? Like if we want to know what is the right definition of bench, how do we determine that? Do we observe how people use the word and then go from that? Like if people always use the word bench to refer to things like this, then we might want to define it as things that you can sit on that can hold more than one person and maybe throw in some other characteristics. And if that's the right way to define, just to look how the word is used, as you might have to do if you went to some foreign language, foreign country, right. and you didn't know the language, if you hear the sound over and over, well, how do you figure out what it means? Well, you look at how people are using it. What are they referring to with this term? And then you can figure out, oh, it must mean such and such, and then you get your definition. If that's how we do it with words in general, and then we want to apply that to selfishness, should we just look at how people use the word? And if they use the word uh, to consistently refer to people who are doing something for themselves in a way that is harmful to others, uh, would that be an appropriate definition? Now, whether that is, in fact, how people use the word, that's another question. But um, it's The seems, methodology is what you're asking. Yeah, right? yeah. The methodology is one issue, and then once we've got that straight, then we can just ask the empirical question, is this how people use the word selfishness generally, to refer to acts of, uh, that are intended to benefit oneself at the expense of others? Well, I, I have two things to that. One, my, my first overall response to that is, sure, I agree that that's how we come up with the definitions of words. But a little more nuanced, like on, on the sub-level of that, you have this idea like, okay, well, how people use the word. Well, how do we determine how people use the word? Is it just by empirical evidence, in, in which case you could fall victim to availability bias? You know, you might have 20 people who use the word in one way and two who use it the other. And just because those two are the two that you saw, it doesn't mean that that ratio is necessarily correct. So I think that we have to consider more than just how people use it by what we see, but moreover, how people use it insofar as what goal do they have when they use it? You know, when somebody says bench, what goal are they trying to convey when they use that word? It's not just saying, oh, let's go sit on the bench, but I'm looking for a bench, or is that a bench over there? Or you, there's a, a bunch of different contexts in which people could use the word that show you different goals for it. I need something to sit on. I need something to tie my shoe on. I need something to look at. I need something solid. Whatever reason you think of. It's not just how we see people using it, but rather also the goals that people have when they're using it. And so if you think of it that way, when we're trying to define a word, it's not just what we see, because surely you can't, you can't fathom that you're going to see every single instance of somebody using the word bench, right? And, and no matter where you are in the world, your assessment or, or your survey of the usage of that word is going to be biased. And so to, I think, eliminate, not entirely, but to eliminate part of that bias, we have to think about more than just what we see, but more also culturally, contextually, whether it's in media or in literature or just in conversation or grammar in the grammar itself of the language what the goal is of, of using that word and so when we use that with selfishness well what's the goal that people generally use 
that generally people have when they use the word selfish. I think that they usually mean it as an insult, for one. And if that's the case, then, yeah, sure, we could define it as that way. But we also have to think of ways in which people use the word selfish, like I was saying earlier, where it's just to take care of yourself. And you can call it, like, new wave or, you know, this millennial frou-frou shit or whatever. But there's – I mean, excuse my French, but there's <laughs> – I haven't heard that one. <laughs> there's, there's all these different – like sources of, of social media coming up saying, you know, taking care of yourself isn't a bad thing. It's good to have a, a self day or me time or alone time or a self care or mental health day or, you know, the idea of like taking care of yourself, not just physically, because people have always been kind of driven to at least they know they should try to be in good shape physically, but people are trying to be in good shape mentally. And to do that, you have to be selfish. And because you can't take care of your own mind without p taking care of yourself right? Like somebody else can't take care of your own mind for you. That's something, I mean, they can help. You can see a therapist and obviously you could talk to people, but to take care of your own mind is something that you have to want to do for yourself. And so in that way, I think that we can see people's goals of the word selfish changing because we see it kind of like this like new paradigm. Like people are trying to introduce this like, hey, to take care of yourself is also selfish, but it's not a bad thing. And I think that in seeing that goal, we can kind of help shape the definition of what selfish at least should be ideally not necessarily pragmatically how it's used but how it should be conceived hmm. i don't know if that was like word salad but <coughs> there was a lot there made um, sense. let me see if i can um pull something out of that so you mentioned this idea of a goal yeah. being associated with the use of the word and it's it's, it's important to take that into account in deciding whether some definition is right or or valid um or simply practical okay so <clears throat> i mean what so what is the goal i mean if 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 we want to know well just going back to the bench example what is the goal that people have with that term i mean it seems like we want a a word to refer to such things because they're all over. I mean, it would be, it's it, it's very helpful to have words to refer to common things in the world. I mean, like imagine we didn't have the word car. Right. They're all but around. I mean, a bench so. and a car are both solid empirical things that yeah. you can experience. How do you experience selfishness from an objective point of view? You you can't. It's not the same. I don't think the analogy fits the same way. Well, the the, the analogy like is just the commonness issue. So, um, take something like love instead yeah. of bench, right? So, what do people generally mean when they have when they say love? There's you could think like okay, romantic love is the first way, but that doesn't mean that love exclusively entails romantic love. It could be like love, like tough love is is a different manifestation of the sensation. So you might see two different people's behavior, and mm. they're both loving but they're completely opposite behaviors. So what would be the goal in, in saying to that person in each instance, I love you, and so that's why I'm doing this. And so I think that in that way, we have this really broad sense of the meaning of love, and the right definition of love isn't just this one singular thing. And I think that selfishness construed as this necessarily being harmful to others or at the expense of others is kind of, limiting it like like it would be to say that love is solely romantic love or mm -hmm. solely tough love yeah so i can see how there's a there's a place for a there are subdivisions of certain concepts well, yeah 
and there might be love in a generic kind of sense where it's just a a strong positive feeling towards something and you can love ice cream you can love a certain kind of music you can love a, a person you can love a person in different ways as you said there's romantic love there's there's tough love you can love a child well imagine too um, you can love working out and it's not a positive feeling when you're doing it right i mean somebody like let's say you're doing a really intense workout and you know you're going to feel great afterwards but while you're doing it you just it's painful it's brutal it's difficult <clears> you're sweating it's all these things that are generally seen as not positive and you're not enjoying let's say you're not enjoying the the process itself but then you come out afterwards and you feel great and so you say oh i love working out mhm different right. ideas right yeah so um so so with selfishness i guess the the your idea is that there there ought to be some term for this generic uh act of going after something for yourself yeah. and then maybe there should be well, sh should we have, just as we have subdivisions of love, there's like romantic love and uh, f you might love a friend in a non-romantic way. Should, should it be like that with selfishness where we have some, some adjective like romantic love? Like apathetic selfishness kind of thing. You know, that or maybe um, aggressive selfishness. Aggressive selfishness, <laughs> harmful selfishness yeah. uh, un versus unharmful selfishness. Sure. I think that right now, the way it stands, the word has been used in both in, in different contexts with those adjectives just not being there. You know, people just say selfish without adding that adjective. But I think you're right in, in trying to sum up what I'm saying is that we should have these subdivisions that are more that are better articulated, mm -hmm. you know, like we do for love. OK. Yeah, it seems because like it's an intangible concept. It's not like you can look at it and say, OK, well, how do people use this? You know, how do people use selfishness in the same way that how do people use avenge? I, I mean, I think it's right that there it would be a good thing if there were a concept that simply uh, captured the idea of pursuing something for yourself without specifying what the way in which you're doing that, whether you're doing that in a way that's harmful to others or not. Yeah. Um, at the, it also seems like it might be good to have some some word or maybe an adjective that modifies selfishness or whatever term is going to be used for that generic act of going after something for yourself to describe these categories. Like take, take um, like uh, a robber, for instance, a bank robber. Yeah. He's trying to get something for himself, money, mm -hmm. but he's doing it in a way that's harmful uh, to other people. Right. Um, and Or someone who cuts other people off on the freeway. They're trying to get something for themselves, you know, get to their destination faster, but they're doing it in a way that's harmful to others. So all over the place, we see this kind of action of going after yourself, something for yourself in a way that's um, harmful to others. So it seems like it's reasonable to have some kind of word to denote that, subdivision. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you, 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 you agreed with that when you were saying, like, there could be maybe called aggressive selfishness or yeah. harmful selfishness. You, you just made me think of something interesting. So consider when, you know, you see somebody walking down the street and they're eating a sandwich or whatever, and they see somebody who's homeless or who looks, you know, really hungry, and, and they give them that sandwich. Well, we say that was a selfless act. And I think that that's really interesting, and I think that's something that we should consider, too. In defining selfishness, uh, we should define selflessness. And so we have this idea that selflessness is something that 
is at your expense, right? Mm -hmm. But in reality, you giving that sandwich to somebody, yeah, you might have given them your food, but you're also getting something from it, right? Like, it's also doing something good for you. People say it feels good to give, or, you know, people like donating, whatever. Or, like, around Thanksgiving, people will go around and, and give, like, care packages for homeless people. Or they say it feels good to give something. And so, yeah, we see this idea of, like, giving as being selfless when you're still doing you could be very well giving something to people because you're doing it for yourself it makes you feel good you know I've, mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people who've been in really like depressed situations and they say what helps them is helping other people and so mm. yes they're doing a selfless act on the surface of it objectively you could say oh they're being so selfless they're spending all this time for free or, or whatever the case may be but they're doing it for themselves they're still being selfish and so I think it's really interesting if we kind of think about selfishness not just in terms of doing something for yourself or doing it at the expense of others, but we think of it in, in relation to selflessness mm-hmm. and how that seems to be perceived as doing something at your own expense when that's not necessarily the case either. Yeah, uh, that's another interesting concept to think about selflessness. There might be some interesting parallels yeah. uh, to, to selfishness. Um, one other thought back on the selfishness, like take the case of um, going back to the robber. Yeah. Um, or the the jerk who cuts people off on the freeway. There's I can see a case to be made for the the view that such people are actually not being selfish in in the following way. Um, take the guy who acts like a jerk. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to. I'm not going to want to be that guy's friends. Like if I know he treats people rudely. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he steals their stuff. Um, he's not going to win my friendship. Um, Essentially, he's harming himself by doing he's this. He's harming himself. He's, he's losing out on, on friendships, romantic opportunities, uh, in general, social opportunities because of the way he's acting. He gets this bad reputation for being a jerk, and then he might end up as a loner. No one wants to hang around right. him. So he's, he's damaging himself. And so you might think he's doing something selfless in a sense. Yeah. Harmful to himself. I guess I think what I would go to to think about that would be just like an expected value kind of theorem. Like, you know, what's the expected utility of, like, let's say I'm the jerk who is cutting people off on the freeway and all my friends are going to know about it or everyone who, like, let's say I'm on my way to work and if I, once I cut people off on the freeway, there's this, you know, let's stipulate that, Every time I cut someone off, everybody at my work is going to know about it. And so I'm going to be late. I also know that I'm going to get in a lot of trouble or whatever the case if I'm late. So I'm cutting people off. When I get to work, everyone knows about it. Well, run expected utility theorem on that. What's the expected utility of getting to work on time and not getting in trouble for whatever the alternative case may be had you been late versus the expected negative utility of your coworkers all knowing that you cut somebody off and you being a jerk in that respect. And I think that if the person were to say that it is more important to them to get to work on time and not care about what their coworkers say, then it is still a selfish act. But if it's the case that they would rather all of their coworkers think highly of them and not know that they were a total jerk mm-hmm. on the freeway and cutting people off, then yes, I think you'd be right. It would be selfless. It would be he would be harming himself by doing this seemingly objectively selfish thing. Okay, so we might just need more information to decide in a given yeah. case, was it actually... And it, yeah, and I think that that would be subjective, case, or contextual at least, and you could use expected utility. 
to kind of assess that. And so maybe it's similar with your example of selflessness, something on the face of it that might seem selfless. If you run this expected utility, you might see they actually come out better off in the end for, right. for having done this, you know, sharing a sandwich. Or exactly. Sandwich, so. And so in, in terms maybe it's of actually actually selfish. selfish. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's interesting to consider, like, how we kind of relate the two words to each other and the, not, not just the, the objective consequences of a given action, but rather the intention or the expected utility behind it of the person committing the action. Right. So it's it's important to to consider the full context, yeah. which includes the long range, not just the short run consequences, but you have to get a whole a bigger picture to decide in a given case. Sure. Well, I mean, also, too, if you think about, like, if you're calling somebody selfish, you're not taking one instance of stagnant time to define an entire character. It's kind of like a process or like an overtime. It's, it's a temporal thing, right? You don't say, I love you, but like 10 seconds later, I hate you. Like it, that wouldn't really make sense to love somebody or to be selfish or any of these kind of like intangible characteristic type adjectives. I think it's a process or it's something that extends over some period of time. So to, to, to not encompass that in our, you know, discussion of what it means to be selfish would be also limiting the definition of the word itself too. So mm -hmm. did that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, you can't just take a time slice. Yeah. And, and say that's the whole picture because right. it's not. Right. Okay. Like, like the person giving the sandwich to a homeless person, that's a slice of time. Mm -hmm. But if you know that, let's say the person owns a bakery and has a million sandwiches or, and you know, they really like helping people or, you know, that sandwich has gone bad and it's, yeah. or, or whatever, you know, you could take the, the before and the after of that specific action. And I think that gives a better assessment of whether it's actually selfless or selfish. Right. So you can't judge something <laughs> out of context, basically. Basically. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, so um, I just want to take advantage of the fact that I have a philosopher here <laughs> and uh, be selfish about it yeah. <laughs> in some sense. Uh, consider this in the full context. Um, so let's see. Uh, you, you said you're also interested in other parts of philosophy of mind. Uh, philosophy of mind is yeah. one of your areas of interest. Yes. Okay. Um, philosophy of AI is really the main interest, but there does not exist such a subcategory in at Davis yet, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if there's any tie between that topic and selfishness, uh, f AI and uh, philosophy of mind and selfishness. Um, could, a, could AI be selfish? Could AI even be conscious? <laughs> oh, that's a whole different wormhole. I think yes, but that's a whole different conversation to <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to. I don't want to get too far afield yeah. here. Back to selfishness. Back to selfishness. So philosophy yeah. So, of mind. Um, I think that finished our detour into philosophy of mind for now. Um, so I'm curious, uh, like, how you arrived at this perspective. I mean, a lot of, I think most people would probably ha just say uh, selfishness is a bad thing. But you had this this view that it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. Was there a certain like what led you to have this kind of view of selfishness? Was it something you read, or you were just thinking about it and it seemed to make sense? Honestly, uh, yoga, actually. Yoga. Um, <clears throat> so when I was an undergrad, I did I was in community college for my lower division stuff, and I took the same yoga class every single semester I was there with the same instructor. But it, he would go to India in the summers and come back and, and teach us 
you know, these new lessons. So he'd incorporate the, like, the, the philosophy of yoga um, into the practice, which is really cool. But part of that was always about, in meditative practice in general, you know, the idea isn't necessarily to eliminate your thoughts completely, but rather to observe them and not cling on to them and just remain present. Because what happens is when you come up with a thought, your mind just takes off with it and suddenly you're in this whole wormhole of, you know, causal relations and everything and then you're no longer in the present. And so in, in trying to be present always, our yoga instructor would teach us, like, this is your time. This is time for you, for your body, for your mind, for your thoughts, and for your calmness. And the idea was to, just temporarily at least, suspend any other concern that you had and, and just be present in your practice. And, and that sense of being present <coughs> is, is a really cool sensation, and I think it's selfish at the base of it. It's, it's being 100% present in your own mind and nothing else. But not, not harming anybody else, but just being there for yourself. And I think that over time, as my meditative practice kind of grew, it, I began to learn that you don't have to go and sit, you know, in, in a specific position, in a specific place for a specific amount of time in order to meditate. You could be driving and meditate. You can be anywhere and take 30 seconds to meditate. And it's just about the idea of recentering your own mind and bringing yourself back to the present. And I think that that ability to do that, you can't do that if you don't think about yourself. You have to be selfish in a sense. I mean, on some deeper philosophical level, you can argue like in the meditative practice, you can also come to the conclusion that there is no self, right? That is, that, that's a whole different tangent. But if you're thinking about just bringing yourself into this calm state in the present moment at any given time when you feel stressed out or when you want to or when you, you know, have something coming up that you need to calm down for. It's this idea that you eliminate everything else temporarily and you focus on yourself and you take care of yourself, whether that means breathing, whether that means stretching, whether that means just closing your eyes and, and relaxing for a minute, whatever that means for you, allowing yourself to become present. Um, I think is what reshaped my definition of selfish because to me I perceive that as a very selfish thing. I'm mm. doing this for myself right now. I'm not harming anybody else. Mm. It's doing me. It's it's benefiting me, and nobody else can do it for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of really like transformed to me the idea that selfishness is negative. It's not. It doesn't have to be. And once I started meditating and I realized that hey, I'm gonna take some time for me right now and that's it and, and that's me being selfish uh -huh. it's interesting that uh, I mean the, I often associate <coughs> the the yoga or the Indian philosophy um, more broadly as trying to get away from the self but I can also see how you could use uh, yoga in a way that is I guess in a way heightens your sense of self. Well, yeah, I mean, even if you want to kind of reject this, like, lowercase self, like, S self, like, this conscious kind of egotistical thing, and you want to go Indian philosophy, like, this Brahmin kind of capital S self that, that exists universally and within mm -hmm. everything, you could even say that being selfish is getting closer to that. Or if you're religious, you know, if God is the ultimate, then being selfish is bringing yourself closer to God, or like in a, in a state of prayer, or in a state of whatever mm. the, that meditative kind of state of mind where you are focusing on your own well-being, whether that 
to you that means a relationship with God or a relationship with your own body or a relationship with Brahman or whatever. Mm. I'm, I'm saying that it doesn't, it's, it's not like philosophy restrictive, like, or it's not like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not religious, uh, like sect, sect. Non-sectarian. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like it's not restricted to any given sect of, of belief about self. You can take this idea of meditating being a selfish thing or bringing yourself in the present being a selfish thing, regardless of what your belief of self is, whether that belief of self is that there mm. isn't one, but that you still exist in just a physical body, or whether the belief of self is that you have a soul, or whether it's God, or whether it's Brahman, it doesn't really matter. If you can take the time to bring whatever you identify as I into a present state that benefits that present state, then that's being selfish. Hmm. That's interesting. That's uh, you can have such such different notions of a self. I mean, so I guess some depending on your sect, your your yeah, philosophy. I, mean, I don't know what I would call it. You you might uh, think, well, actually, you're you're totally losing yourself, in in my sense of self. Uh, whereas, uh, like like if 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 you're a uh, I guess average Westerner, and you might think the the Indian is losing himself. What I mean by self, mm -hmm. and maybe the Indian would say, no, I'm actually gaining myself. Exactly. In, in a broader, in a different sense of self. Right. If I consider self as you know this oneness that exists in the universe, and I'm losing my sense of individuality or my sense of you know ego, in to to seek this oneness then that's selfish in, in that respect, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter what kind of sense of self you have. So, yeah, I, I think you accurately um, huh. sum that up. Okay. Do you um, follow what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, it's just, it's... It, it's it I, I, like, there's, I there's part <laughs> of me which is wanting to say, like, they can't both be right. <laughs> but I guess if they're... Or maybe they're talking past each other. If they're both, if they both want to say I'm selfish in doing this meditation, but one of them means by that, well, I'm more present to myself in my individualistic sense of selfishness, and the Indian, suppose, means my individual self is gone. And I feel at one with the world. Yeah, and that's what makes me the selfish one. The Indian says. Then it seems like maybe they're just talking past each other because they're not using words in the same sense. No, they don't. So they mean different things, so it's. And that kind of gets back to what I was originally saying, and that self can be selfishness can. It's be an equivocation kind of. Good. Yeah, it, it can be used differently. It's it's a broader scope than just one. So so we wouldn't have we wouldn't we shouldn't then say they're both selfish. It's they're because that would be an equivocation. We we would have to say they they both are doing something which they call selfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, or they're, they're both <laughs> committing selfish actions relative to their belief system or relative to something, you know, relative to their context or relative to their culture, relative to whatever. I mean, you could see somebody imagine a world where giving food to strangers is like the biggest insult possible, right? You know, and, and you have a sandwich and you give it to some stranger on the street and now you're not, you're, you're not the nice person who's doing the selfless thing anymore. You're being a jerk, right? Like, I guess I'm trying to say that it's, it's dependent on the actors in the context. Just like I was saying, if you are meditating versus you are 
feeding the homeless, or feeding the hungry, versus you are drawing for a couple hours because that's what makes you feel better. I mean, there's there's different contexts in which one can be selfish. Mm. But all I was really trying to get at was that none of those necessarily entail harm to others. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems like your understanding of, of this word selfish is kind of going by, well, I don't know whether etymologically that's the right word to capture your way of thinking of it. Like it, it, selfish, by it's definition. got these two parts, <laughs> yeah. self and ish. Yeah. So as long as uh, something is related to the self, it's selfish. And there's no claim being made yet whether... I think it's, it, the claim harm. should be to benefit the self. Okay. But it's, there's no claim being made about others. So that's that's bringing a little more, I think, into what does the word parts, the benefit. Because, like, for instance, we might say um, this, this, this hat is selfish. This hat is more selfish than your hat because, for me at least, this hat is more selfish because it's on me. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's closer it's to selfish. myself than is your hat. Okay. So... <clears throat> um, so maybe etymology isn't totally so encompassing of We're not saying, from. yeah. So if you want to bring in the idea of some value term like goodness, um, doing something that's good for yourself, not just that's related to yourself. My hat is related to myself, but is it good for myself? Well, maybe, but that's a further issue than right. what we get from just self right. and ish. So maybe if we wanted to get etymological about it, we would have to say like. I don't know what what a, a root for the word good is. Self goodish. Um, pro selfish. Yeah. Pro selfish, con selfish. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I've heard people say this, or who seem to have your kind of approach, where you you just base the understanding of the word on the word parts. Um, and I think that can get you some of the way there, but maybe not all the way. I don't think it's way. complete. I don't think that's a complete source of, of where I... And also I there's think. just, like, the, the issue of, <clears throat> going back to the issue of how people use words. Mm-hmm. Like, should that trump... Uh, should we go by that rather than... Um, does that does that trump the, the word parts? Like, if everyone uses the word <clears throat> um, uh, selfish to refer to... Hunger? Um, yeah, say hunger, then it, it's kind of, there's some amount of arbitrariness right. and just stipulation to right. that. And it, if it so happens that we're in a culture where people always use the word selfish to refer to um, acts that benefit yourself at the expense of others, then why would that be wrong? I mean, if, if it's just an arbitrary sound and that's how people have chosen to use this sound. Because it doesn't mean, just because that that's how people have chosen to use it does not mean that that is... I mean, it's like a one-way conditional. Just because that's how people use it, it doesn't mean that that's all the word is. It, it, it doesn't work both ways. So, like, take, for instance, you know, Congress, right? It's a group of baboons, but it's also part of our government. Like, people mostly use it for government. And they talk about Congress. Congress did this. Congress passed that. Whatever. We don't often use it in referring, I mean, unless you're studying animal, whatever, like primates and stuff. We don't. We don't often use it that way. So... From an outsider perspective, if you didn't know that that was another definition of the word, you would say, well, people just use it for government, and why isn't that the right definition? Like, isn't that, But it is the right definition, but it doesn't mean it's the only one. It doesn't mean okay. it's all-encompassing. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's just that, that yes, that a group of, of animals versus a group of humans in government are different things. It, 
does not mean that selfishness at harming others and selfishness and not harming others are not also different things, even mm-hmm. though it's still the same word, just like Congress is. So there, um, I, I mean, th- words can have different senses for sure. Right. Um, you want to talk about like sense and reference? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like trunk and trunk, you know, elephants right. feature and then, yeah. Um, Let's say you're in a society that's never seen an elephant ever before and never interacted with anyone who's seen an elephant mm-hmm. and has never traveled or any anything to do with elephants. And they use the word trunk exclusively to mean the back end of a car. But then one of them goes to somewhere where there's elephants and they hear, oh, that's the trunk of an elephant right there. And they're like, no, you're wrong. That's not the trunk of an elephant. This is the trunk. And they point to the back end of a car. Well, are they right in saying that just because that's all they've experienced people using the word of? No, right? They, they would just have to learn that there's another convention that's established in this culture that they're... So not the same with selfish? So, well, it's, if that's the case, fine. But, but what I'm saying is if there's... If the convention... In our, our culture, I mean, it's an open question what the convention is right. at this point um, in the conversation, let's suppose. <laughs> but let's say the convention is to use it to re- refer to people who, or to acts that benefit oneself at the expense of others. Um, now, you, you can't just come in and say, uh, oh, no, that's wrong. It has this more generic sense of just benefiting yourself. Now, if you come from a culture, maybe you'll bring that with you if they use it that way. But if you come into a culture and that's not part, that's not any of the senses that they use it, then you would be like stipulating a new sense of the term. Sure, but they I wouldn't be wrong to only use <clears throat> it in that way. Right, and yeah. and I guess what I'm saying is I don't think I'm the first one to stipulate that new sense of the term. Okay. I think that you can find like little sprinkles of it in a lot of like different Eastern philosophical um, like approaches of like the sense of self insofar as you're relieving yourself of ego you know you can okay welcome back to the selfishness project unfortunately the battery on the phone died just as she was making some more interesting points um but maybe we'll have to do that on a future episode thanks for watching the first part of it anyways and thanks to you for participating and it's been a pleasure bye for now cheers